Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Thank you for listening. This is where I come to share things that God has shown me, that he really loves me, and he wants a relationship. And I wanted to share this with you because he loves you too. And he wants you to know the same things that he's taught me. I will share stories, testimonies, his miracle signs and wonders. Sometimes I will share wisdom, scripture, visions that he's given me. Maybe some music to uplift you for the day. If you're here, I pray that you are willing to take this journey with me. Everything I share comes from a place of compassion, love, and really want to encourage you. God is so faithful, and I just want you to know that he's no respecter of persons. He wants these blessings and miracles for you, too. Enjoy. Share with a friend. Let's all do this journey to victory together. Amen? All right, let's go. Are you ready for the next episode? All right, let's get into it. Hey, friends. Someone had asked on social media, um, what would you want the world to know that Jesus has done for you? And I was kind of meditating on that question. I mean, the short and fast answer that a lot of believers would say, he's my Lord and Savior. We're taught that real quick. It's almost rote memory. But I wanted to go deeper. And I was thinking about how Jesus saved me from a destructive and rebellious path. He took on my sins. He changed my identity as a woman with many issues to daughter of the king. He's given me life eternal life. He is my redeemer. He continues to delight in me and loves me unlike anyone else. And he is my blessed hope. I was led to 1 Samuel 15, 23. God said rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion is an attitude displayed to contradict authority. Rebellion started from the beginning of creation. When God created Adam and Eve and he put them in the Garden of Eden and he gave them instructions on what to do and what not to do. There are many scriptures about rebellion. Proverbs seventeen eleven, An evil man seeks only rebellion and a cruel messenger will be sent against him. Matthew 4, 7, Jesus said to him, And he was talking to the devil when he was tempting him in the wilderness. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Isaiah 1, 19 through 20. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Jeremiah 29, 32. Therefore, thus says the Lord, 
Behold, I will punish Shemaiah and Nehalem and his descendants. You shall not have anyone living among this people. He shall not see the good that I will do to my people, declares the Lord, for he has spoken rebellion against the Lord. Ephesians 5, 6 Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Psalm 78, 8 in that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. Second Timothy 3, 1-5 But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, avoid such people. This is a good segue into pride in a prideful heart. I was reading a couple blogs online about pride is something that we deal with on a daily basis, and it started with Adam and Eve. We may recognize someone who boasts or like the overt pride, but pride can also creep in ways like pride is the root of fear and anxiety, um, which I thought was interesting. When we refuse to humbly rest in God's sovereign care, it reveals our lack of trust and our poisonous self-reliance. We fear because we don't have faith in the Lord. And I want to put a pin in that for a second. I also heard, I believe it was Bill Johnson speak about faith. When we have a clear conscience, when we're doing everything we're supposed to be doing in the Lord, and we know we're being obedient, then we have a clear conscience, then we're not afraid. So I think there's a couple of layers here. If we're not doing right and we know we're not doing right, maybe that's where the fear comes in. Maybe that sin that we're talking about is actually pride. I don't know. I'm trying to connect the dots here, so hang with me. So the next one is entitlement. Self-sacrifice stems from the humble heart. Entitlement is rooted in a prideful heart. The core of the gospel is what we're... The core of the gospel is that we're not entitled to anything except just punishment for our sins, which is in Romans 3.23 and 6.23. Yet we deceive ourselves into thinking we're better than we are and we deserve better than we have. We think we deserve God's mercy. We think we deserve people's praise. We think we deserve success, comfort, accolades. 
We certainly don't think we deserve suffering, heartbreak, or discipline. Apart from Jesus Christ, we are sinners who deserve condemnation. The disciples wrestled with entitlement many times. On occasion, they were arguing about who was the greatest. But Jesus' response to them was to rebuke. Rather, the greatest among you become the youngest and the leader as the one who serves in Luke twenty-two twenty-six. Ooh, this is going to take a, a, a little bit. You got to buckle yourself in. People pleasing. Pride is self-worship and self-preservation at all costs. And people pleasing is the direct result of pride. This is astonishing, right? I mean, who thinks people pleasing is about ourselves? But it is because some people think it's a positive trait because they're concerned about serving others. But it's sneaky because people pleasing is all about self-satisfaction, fearing man more than God and seeking the fleeting happiness that comes from man's approval. The Apostle Paul knew human approval was a pointless and prideful pursuit. Because of that, he could say, For I am now seeking the approval of man or of God. Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And that's in Galatians 1.10. That's why we have to be careful, uh, you know, what we listen to, what we surround ourselves with. Because many people will say, I'm going to go to my friends instead. And I've been guilty of that. And that leads me into the next one, hypocrisy. When you're proud, you elevate your status, forgetting the mercy God has shown you. God has definitely shown me mercy in my walk, in my life. Many, 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 many times. I was, why I why I was going down this path in the first place was because I understand I was in rebellion. I grew up in the church as a child. I didn't realize I was living a life of rebellion. You know, I didn't look at it that way. But as I learned more and more about obedience, about what it means to love God, what it means to say He is my Lord and Savior, I had to look back and say, wow, okay, yeah, I, I was rebellious. Humility recognizes that God is good and he gives us what he knows we need. And we have no reason to be ungrateful. There is nothing we lack. Deuteronomy 2, 7 and Psalm 34, 9 explains that. The Israelites grumbled in the wilderness. They murmured and complained. Even though God fed, clothed, led them through the wilderness, the manna day by day. Think about this. They had clothes on their back, shoes on their feet, and those clothes had to grow with them because they didn't have stores. Those shoes had to grow with them. That's a miracle in and of itself. Has anyone thought about this? (laughs) They didn't have stores. Yet they had everything that they needed 
in that wilderness. Amazing. Rebellion says, in essence, I know better than God. And uh, we don't. Uh, we see rebellion with Adam and Eve, even though they had all they needed for life and joy out of their pride, they rebelled against God and thinking they knew better than him. And this rebellion brought pain, suffering, and death for them and for us. The Pharisees were hypocritical. Um, their pride blinded them from their sin in God's mercy and made them cold-hearted and cruel towards others. Jesus had harsh words for them. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like the whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and uncleanness. And that's in Matthew twenty-three, twenty-seven. Rebellion against God manifests itself in the resistance towards the word and what spiritual leaders he has placed in our lives. It's the reflex of the prideful heart. It also shows a lack of submission, whether it's your spouse, your children, your parents, employees, bosses, citizens, the government. But there is hope for the proud heart. And in Philippians 2, 4-6, through 6, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equally with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Jesus is God, his equal, and yet emptied himself of all he deserved to save us from our pride. He was entitled to the highest honor and yet forfeited it for our redemption. It is because of Jesus that we are forgiven for our pride. So you might be saying, ouch, Leah, that's, that stings. Yes, but it's also prayerlessness. The joy of the gospel. It this deals with our pride one. by destroying pride deceives it, us into reminding us that life is life not about our own, that and we're that capable, independent, only unstoppable, self-reliant. We, we don't need God deals with our pride by taking we the don't need punishment his help, upon his himself, grace, his mercy, at the his cross, courage, and hope that we might be renewed. We don't need to pray. In the image of our Creator, but a humble heart submits himself to God. And praise because that place of knowing they can't do anything without him. We can't do anything without God. When God called Jonah to Nineveh, Jonah's response was not to go to God in prayer. He fled. He ran in the opposite direction. When God humbled him in the belly of the great fish, Jonah finally cried out in prayer. Psalm 51 have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. 
so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I have been a sinner from birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. For the one who wants to turn to Jesus, you want to declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now. I'm really trying to ask the Holy Spirit for the best way to communicate this. It really boils down to repentance and faith. Like you change your mind of doing things your way. If you have a prideful heart and you are rebellious with those things, you, 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 don't, you changed your mind. You change your mind and you're like, I want to turn my heart towards God. I want to live life according to what the Bible says. Like Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So you're asking God for forgiveness. You state belief in the life and death and saving resurrection of Jesus Christ. That he died and rose again in three days. Those are the things that you need to confess, believe, and say out loud. Please know that Jesus Christ alone has the power to save through faith. It's not the prayer. It's the repentance and the faith behind the prayer that lays hold of salvation. I need you to hear this because when you read the Bible, you're not going to look up sinner's prayer. It's not in there. That's a term Christians have thrown around so much. And that's why I was looking up more than one way how to do this. And I'm still looking it up. And I'm still asking the Holy Spirit. And I think it changes with every episode because of just who he is in me and what he's doing in and through me. I told you this is a relational journey. I don't have it all right. I won't always have it all right. I'm growing. And as I'm putting it out there, I'm growing with each episode. As I find something and I'm like, ooh, I get excited and I want to share. That's my heart. I want to share what I'm learning so we can learn this together. If you have topics that you want me to discuss or go over, or if you have questions, shoot an email over at prudentpeers at gmail.com. I'm not running out of ideas. I'm trying to follow the Holy Spirit. But if there are questions, and it could be unrelated to anything that I'm talking about. I'll pray over it. I'll ask for the unction of the Holy Spirit and how he wants me to be led 
but I have no problem talking about other things. As you can tell already, if you made it this far, if you've listened to my 40 other episodes, then you know I don't shy away from topics, the hard topics. I don't. Why? Why don't I shy away? Because I want to see people set free. I want the truth to come out. I, I'm tired of the enemy sweeping things under the rug, making us scared to talk. I want, I want to see victory. I want to see breakthrough. I want to see redemption and restoration and reconciliation. I want to see bold faith. We're in the middle of a harvest right now. If you didn't know, if you haven't really listened to any other episode, we are in the middle of revival and harvest in this global and God is after hearts of men. He's in the city. He wants us to declare breakthrough and deliverance. And that's my heart. I get fired up when someone asks me for prayer. I'm going in. I'm going in the war room because I'm a watchman on the wall. And I want to see the Lord of hosts with his army of angels. I want to see things turn around so drastically that, glory to God, everybody is like, what just happened? Wow, there's a miracle. There's a sign. There's a wonder. Wow, there's a miracle. There's a sign. There's a wonder. Oh, the awe of God. Can you see it? He wants to dwell with us. He wants to dwell within us, and he can't yet. That's why there's a deep washing going on right now. The fire, the floods, that's God. It's Goshen time. Do you guys know Goshen? Do you know what Goshen is? It's in Genesis 45.10. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me, you, your children, and your grandchildren, and your flocks and your herds. And all you have. So remember the plagues of Egypt with Pharaoh in Goshen, the dwelling place of the Israelites, is spared the plague of flies and the plague of hail that afflict the Egyptians. It's important a role in history of the Israelites. It's where God allowed his people to live hundreds of years until he decided they should move on and inhabit somewhere else. The Goshen blessing is not just a physical place, but also a spiritual principle. Goshen has a supernatural provision from God that promises his people prosperity in the midst of crisis. The spiritual significance of dwelling in Goshen is that it represents a place of safety and plenty. I want that. It's Goshen time, people. It's Goshen time. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for being on this journey with me. I pray that you return and listen to more episodes, share with your friends and loved ones, that you think would benefit from this episode. If you have any prayer requests, if you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions, 
please reach out to prudentpeers at gmail.com. You know how I do. I love y'all. I'm praying for y'all. Until we meet again, deuces.